Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. to end my vacation, but uh, that, that makes it worthwhile. I was in Hawaii. It was so relaxing until the missile alert came in. <laughs> right on the phone. Did you see this shit? Not a drill. Not a drill. Uh, Suri, where could I get new underwear? <laughs> but, you know, Hawaiians are so laid back. You know, people were just sort on their phone. They just swipe left. You know? <laughs> I saw one guy, he texted, new phone, who dis? <laughs> but happy new season, happy new year. Uh, it's 2018. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thank you. 2018 on the Chinese calendar is the year of the shithole. I don't know if you know that. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, see, this is the thing about... Well, look, I'm going crazy already. It's all show. I've got to keep it... But this thing about Donald Trump, he just says shithole, everybody laughs at that, and it's a big thing, but actually changes real stuff, because that was the immigration deal they were trying to do, and saying shithole torpedoed it, and now they're going to cut down the government. We're waiting on that right now, live Friday night, because Donald Trump, you know, he wants to change the immigration process. He says, why can't we do immigration more like the way I got Melania, by using a catalog? <laughs> 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 He actually said that he said that we should bring in more people from Norway. And today, Norway uh, responded. They said, "Thank you, pass." <laughs> so, so now we have this government shutdown looming, and it is a stalemate because the Democrats are not budging on the Dreamers, and the the Trump is is even more dead set about his stupid wall, because his chief of staff, John Kelly went on TV this week, oh, and he said Trump on the wall was uninformed <laughs> and evolving, and Trump was furious. He said, I am not uninformed, and who is this John Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> and what's evolution? But I'll, I'll tell you what evolution is. Trump, for two years... Telling all his fans every time he got in front of them, it's going to be a giant concrete wall, an actual wall 30 feet high from coast to coast. No, no, it's, it's a fence. <laughs> or uh, sometimes a stream or uh, a thin sprinkling of cinnamon like you do with ants, you know? <laughs> but... <laughs> 
If there is a government shutdown, Trump says not to worry, porn stars will still get their hush money. So don't worry. Oh. You saw this story? Oh, my God. Any other president, this would be enough to get him out. But yes, Donald Trump. Only man ever, by the way, to pay a porn star to keep her mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) So, and you know what? This story, I'm not even gonna say allegedly. (laughs) I've been sued. I'm one and oh in lawsuits with Donald Trump. So if I lose this one, I'd be one and one. But, and they paid her $130,000. You don't pay someone that kind of money if there isn't something there. So in 2006, only months after Melania has given birth to their son, Donald Trump is stupping this porn star who was also cheating on her boyfriend, and he knew because she used to go home with orange on her collar. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... But the the porn star, she probably has fans here. Uh, Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels, uh, star of Young and Anal. (laughs) Oh, to be Young and Anal. (laughs) No, the (laughs) Young and Anal trailer trash nurses for Goodwill Humping and Porking with Pride, too. And here's what we learned from her and her affairs with Donald Trump. She said, first of all, he didn't use protection. He said he'd only use a condom if Mexico paid for it. What the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love Donald Trump. He's the world's biggest germaphobe. Won't shake hands. Just raw dog with a porn star? No problem. (laughs) She also... (laughs) She says he chased her around the room in his tidy whities <laughs> And when Trump heard tidy whities he said, what, you mean my voters? <laughs> <laughs> and I love this part, that he made her lots of promises, like he was going to buy her a condo, but she knew he was a con man who would never keep his word. Oh, if only the voters of Wisconsin had the same perceptive abilities as the star of Porking with Pride, too. <laughs> <laughs> and so he chases around the room in his tidy whities and finally she says they get on the bed, he starts kissing her, and she says to herself, ugh. <laughs> Here we go. But she's a pro. She powered through it. She said, you know, sometimes if you have to have sex with a guy like Donald Trump, you just shut your eyes and pretend it's Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> All right. We got a great show, Larry Wilmore and Andrew Sullivan. Here and a little later, I'll be speaking with author and activist Saru Jiraman. But first up, oh wow, he wrote the book that President Trump didn't want you to buy, so you did. The author of Fire and Fury Inside the Trump White House, Michael Wolf. Michael, how you doing? Great to see you. Wow, look at that. Well, you have done the impossible. You have made America read again. You know, if it's, if it's a book that brings down this presidency, I'm going to bow to the god of irony. Well, it... it <laughs> uh, but with all due respect, it's a great, fun book to read, but it's not bringing him down. His popularity has not gone down one bit. His base wouldn't read it. The people who read it already hate him, but it's fun. Uh... <laughs> 
And it's informative. You just can't move these people. That's the thing. But And I know you've been out talking about it all. I want you to tell me something that the other people have not noticed in this book. Is there something that you think, boy, why don't they ask me about this that I put in there that they're not talking about? There is, but I can't tell you what it is. So well, there is fuck something... you, Mike. <laughs> Teasing us like that. There is something in the in the book that I, I I was absolutely sure of, but it was so incendiary that that I just didn't have the 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 ultimate well, proof. God, the, considering the, what he's done, what is it a woman thing? Well, I, yeah, I didn't have the blue dress. Um, now, is it about a woman? It is. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, it's somebody he's fucking now. It is. Oh. And it's... Who, who is he You fucking? just have to read oh, between please. the lines. What lines? Tell us the lines. <laughs> you say it's in the book. It's toward the end of the book. Okay, well, it's in the book, then we go... Yeah, you just, you just have to... F You'll know it. I'll now, know it. Now oh. that I've told you, when, okay. you, when you hit that paragraph, but, you're going to say all right. bingo. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to make the joke I was going to make. Uh, okay, so listen. Um, the womanizing thing, though, you do have a lot about it in the book. I mean, the, the, that I found fascinating, that you were basically saying that this is sort of the point of Trump's whole life. It, you, I love the way you say, you know, the empire, the, it really was a boutique industry, kind of. He really didn't do anything all day. The whole point of his existence was chasing tail 24-7. 24-7. That yeah. was it. That is the he's an, the man. I am an old-fashioned playboy. That's the kind of thing that he says, and he says it proudly. Yeah, and I always thought I may have said it last year on the show. I thought one of the biggest adjustments for him was when he moves into the White House. He can't play the he, you know when it was uh, Melania, I'll be home at eight, and then he, he has hotels. You know, he goes to golf tournaments. We see he has all these places where he can get together with his mistresses. That's hard to do in the White House. That's probably why he's so pissed off all the time. <laughs> I, I Except now he's I mean, got. Yes, uh, I mean there's. Yeah, he's got. Uh, there, there are back doors. Damn. There are back doors and back doors. There are back doors. Oh, it's a gay liaison. You know, listen. I didn't think of that. <laughs> Sean Spicer. If I can get into the White House. You know, porn right. stars okay. can now, get into the White House. Now, this is the other thing that's so fascinating about your book. Besides what's in the book, just the fact that you were able to hang out, hang out, like it's a, a dorm room. Like, you know, just... This is the White House. That just blew my mind that people weren't saying, who's this guy? Why is he here every day? What's... He's listening to us. Every day I waited for someone to notice me, say, please get out, but they don't. They actually do the other thing. They sort of say, oh, hey, come, come, let's, let's talk. Uh, and, and what do you attribute this to? I, I attribute to Donald Trump. This is like... Uh, he said, okay, he liked you because you were a New Yorker. Well, he sort of there is... He gave the first approval. I said, I'd like to come, you know, come down and, and observe. Right. And then he thought I was asking for a job. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I want to write a book. And he said, you just saw he was deflated book. Why, why would you want to do that? Um, <laughs> but then it was kind of like, okay. Yeah, and what was the title? You, had a, you didn't call it Fire and Fury when you were talking to them, right? It was like the, the, the Grand Transition or something. Yes, The Great Transition. The Great tra Of course. That's funny, you know, 
when Larry Charles and I were making my documentary Religious, we didn't call it that. We, we called it A Spiritual Journey. <laughs> and then they let us interview them in the church. Now, I told Trump, he said, you know, I said, I'm going to call the book The Great Transition, The First Hundred Days. Right. He said, a boring title. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. So the other thing that where you actually had an impact is because of the book, there was a lot of talk about maybe he's just flat out batshit nuts. People were diagnosing. I mean, there was talk about that before, but it reached a fever pitch to the point where he thought that we had his physical last week, that he also asked to take a cognitive test and then bragged about how great he did, even though it was a test that it's the kind of test they give an old lady when she's wandering down the middle of the highway in her <laughs> underpants. It's, it, it's... It's also, you can get the test on the internet, so you can get the questions beforehand. <laughs> it's, it's 30 questions. The first four are, what month is it? What day is it? What year is it? What city are you in? And who's the president of the United States? Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> But he aced it. Okay. So, uh, you know, it goes up, your book goes up to the point where John Kelly takes over. Okay, so that is the big watershed moment. But this week, now he's apparently feuding, as I referred to in the monologue, to, with John Kelly, because Kelly committed the ultimate faux pas, and he criticized Trump on TV, or inferred that he was not perfect. Uh, what do you make of this? And, and apparently I read now that John Kelly threatens to quit all the time, that's the only way you can get Trump's attention? Everybody tries to quit. The whole operation... <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, it's, it's like, how, how, do, how do I get out of here? Uh, so, so, why does he still command so much loyalty? He's been so rotten and said rotten things to just about everybody, and all I see is, month after month, Republicans not fighting him more, lining up behind him more, lying for him. What do you attribute that to? Well, I mean, I think the loyalty thing, my book is sort of an, the example that, that these are the most disloyal, loyal people um, uh, who ever, ever existed. Um, but, but also the Republicans, well, you know, there was, you know, Mitch McConnell said, this was er early on, he will sign anything we put in front of him. So he just becomes for everyone in some way a useful fool. Now, the problem with that is he's the useful fool, but then he goes wacko and um, <laughs> says something which destroys everybody's plans to use him. So... Well, what, are you in, what are you in awe of with him? I'm not, not saying admire. There's nothing I admire about him. But there are things about him that I am in awe of. I like guess. the size of his balls. <laughs> Aren't you just in awe of the size of his balls? <laughs> you know, come on. I, I mean, I am in awe that that there is actually someone who can go through life, reach the age of what is it, seventy-one right. now, and still act like he should get what he wants when he wants without anyone saying otherwise. Demand, well, demand, demand. Because everything is so unfair. His favorite word is unfair. He's the luckiest guy in the world, and he's got this chip on his shoulder. That's, that's what I understand, that his or, whole attitude is, when will white men born to great wealth finally catch a break in America? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, or he is, as everyone, I, in literally 100% of the people around him, always return to saying, well, he's like a child. Right. And sometimes he's a 16-year-old, he's like a 16-year-old child, or an 11-year-old, or a 2-year-old. I noticed now on Fox and Friends, they talk to him directly like they used to on Romper Room. <laughs> I see Donald. It's the funnest book I've read in a long time. I just hope the world stays where it is. Thank you so much, Thank Michael you. Wolf. Great job. Michael Wolf, everybody, and let's meet our panel. Okay. Hello, boys. All right. Here they are. He is a writer at large at New York Magazine and author of The Conservative Soul, our great friend Andrew Sullivan, has come back to welcome me. And this big guy, the co-creator of HBO's Insecure and the host of the podcast Black on the Air, who will be speaking at the L.A. Women's March on Saturday. Be careful what you say, Larry. Larry Wilmore. <laughs> Even when you say the right thing, it's the wrong thing now. Okay. What are you going to do? All right. So, great to have you guys here. Let me uh, start off with this. What's, what's new? We were last on in... November 17th of 2017. What I think is the big new thing is what we were just starting to get into there is that the entire conservative establishment is lying for Donald <laughs> Trump. Uh, when Tom Cotton, the senator, and who is it, Purdue, the other one, mm -hmm. they were in the room when he said shithole, and everybody heard shithole, and we all knew he said shithole, and they came out and said he didn't say shithole. Yeah. The Homeland Security person perjured herself said she didn't know there were white people in Norway. <laughs> His doctor lies for him. He's, he's six foot three, he grew an inch, and he's 239 pounds, got to lose a little weight, but he's lying his ass off. Uh, the corporations are doing it. Walmart, you know, says, well, oh, thanks to the tax cut, and then we find it's not thanks to the tax cut that they're raising wages. The economy is great, they have to compete. It, this is a vast right-wing conspiracy. It is. I mean, I, I feel like he's got them all in a sunken place, you know? <laughs> it's like, I mean, it, it, it was fascinating when he said people are scared to leave. Like, like Trump and Pence are right. those, that creepy white couple, and the Republicans are those 13 kids or something, you know? <laughs> no, not to make fun of them. I'm not making fun of them, but you know what I... No, but it seems like... Apt analogy? Yeah, why are they afraid? <laughs> you know, and the fact that they would twist and turn to lie. I, like, the woman... Yeah, I... The Norway thing, Bill, the Norway thing. She can't understand that it's made up of mostly white people. I mean, are there some Norwegians running around that... <laughs> I'm not aware of them. Larry, I will not, I allow, said, I I will not allow that kind of language on my show. I... I'm sorry. I can't, I can't understand it. No, I can't either. It, it's a function of two things, it seems to me. Uh, it's both he has to lie because he needs to cover up what's actually happening. That's oh, them. number one. No, I'm, I know, and they have to follow. They have to follow because it's a cult, and he's the cult leader, mm -hmm. and, it. and it's in a tribe, mm -hmm. and in a tribe, uh, if you stand up against the leader whom everybody is supporting, then you are ostracized, you're finished. And it's amazing, you'd think Washington would be a little bit more grown up, than this, but they aren't. It's astounding. Yeah. And, and it's so scary because because now that now that the nutty guy mm -hmm. is the one that they're following, <clears throat> really scary, nutty stuff becomes yeah. more mainstream. The latest one is, you know, this Hawaii threat really shook me. 
because I go there around that time of year. And, that gets uh, you sober over. Yes, quick. and I mean, well, you know, if it was Obama, well, it wouldn't be, but it, now that President Stable Genius yeah. is <laughs> threatening North Korea, I mean, this I could really happen. And the main, this is getting mainstreamed by, I see this David French, you know, this guy, we've had him on the show, he's yeah. the guy that Bill Crystal wanted to run last time. He's in the National Review. He says, you have to understand that the odds are overwhelming that you'll survive an initial blast. That's unbelievable to me. You'll have three heads, but, you know. Uh, he says it's a Hollywood myth that a strike will vaporize an entire American city, much less the suburbs. <laughs> We're out in the sticks. We won't even notice it. But this is scary stuff. Yeah. When, and 46% of Republicans want war with North Korea? This is what I worry about, when yeah. the funny then becomes the not funny. We've always lived with nukes, right? I mean, we, we, mm -hmm. that was what the Iraq war allegedly was about, remember? We live with nukes. Uh, we've, we've struggled with nukes with Iran. I once asked, uh, you know, uh, uh, the last president, what was his... What kept him up awake at night? He said, sure. exactly. Pakistan's exactly. nukes. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think the difference is that we don't have someone in control now that we trust to have the composure, calm and reticence to handle a crisis. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, we're so much more frightened. Okay, I, and we have reason to be. I mean, I, Bill, remember... I just, um, I just want to mark the, yeah. the moment when this went from <clears throat> unthinkable to thinkable. Yeah. We're I, moving into thinkable, and I don't want to be We've there. never seen anything like this. Remember how people were scared of Reagan, and that seems quaint yes, now? Yes, and Mitt. Yeah, and Mitt, how can people be afraid at the same of time, Mitt look, for this? At the same time, there is a dictatorship with access to nuclear weapons that could possibly attack the mainland of the United States. So right. it's not like they're conjuring this out of thin no. air. Yeah, so it's let's not like we're yeah. entirely so responsible So let's provoke for them to do that. Yeah. Well, of course <laughs> right. not. Of course not. Yes. Okay. So let me ask you about... Uh, now, any news on the shutdown? Voting now. Voting now. Okay. Yeah. So we're it's exciting live TV. <laughs> Uh, so, immigration. Um, so, it looks like it's a base versus base fight, you mm -hmm. know? The, the Democrats know there's a bunch of them running for president already. And this is an issue, you know, some people would say this is what loses Democrats' election, identity politics. You would say that. Yes, I mean, I don't <laughs> think... I think this is really dicey for the Democrats. I think if they shut down the government because they want to protect... Um, the dreamers, who some people would call illegal immigrants, and because they want to prevent the wall, they're going to look really bad in, in, in middle America. They're going to look like they'd rather shut the government down than get serious on immigration right. control. And that's not a good position for the Democrats to be in. Yeah, but, you know, I get tired of the Democrats being afraid to play hardball the way Republicans play. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it's true. So what would hardball look like with this? Well, remember, Mitch McConnell... I think Judge Scalia was murdered by that pillow like a, for a whole yes, year. Right. He was dead. Absolutely. Mitch McConnell held out for a year. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. For, for, oh. for a Gorsuch. That's playing hardball. Yes. And by the way, how important, but how important is that Supreme Court pick? He knew how important yeah. that was. They weren't afraid to do that. But I don't, know, I don't know how the But Democrats... hardball versus hardball, it escalates, you know, like a nuclear right. conflict. And at some point, whoever's in power is going to have to govern the whole country. Someone at some point is going to have to bring this country together. And unfortunately, those kind of tactics only deepen the divide and make everything harder. And that's what I'm concerned about, that 
they're getting polarized on both sides. The bases are enraged. There's less and less in the middle. And Andrew. the reasonable debates are now being swamped by personality cults, by reality television, yes, that, by yes. Twitter, but by there, all this feeling. There was not one day in eight years that Republicans said, I will work with Barack Obama. Not one no. day. There wasn't one Absolutely. day. And not for any issue. You're right. You know? You're yeah, right. But that's, I know, hmm. but, but is it going to help us just go back at it in the same way. Is it well, going to no, help us? You don't have to do the same thing, but you can learn how to fight properly for the things that are important. But like, it's not... even for the dreamers. Let's stop calling them dreamers. How about undocumented Americans, which is what they really are? I mean, people have been here for their whole lives, pretty but much. But how about doers? You know? <laughs> Instead of dreamers, yeah. you know? I mean, I just... It's so, so terrible. Look, I'm for yeah. them staying, too, but I see a yeah. lot of footage on TV of people crying. And I think that right. this is this is what you're talking about. I right. think this is what the uh, people go. Oh well, this this is the Democrats. This is what this is what they care about. People crying. I got I mean, problems why not, too. But just, excuse me for asking a really important sure. question. But why not give him the wall, for what? Pete's sake? Why not? Well, first of all, I tell you what, because it, it's it, not it, feasible. It's not feasible. In which case, it's not going to get built. Right. It's going to take way longer than even two Trump terms. Give it to him. Not only that, but when you give it to him, you get the dreamers. You get more people to stay here who are already illegal. You can use that leverage on the other issues, wow. and you can credentialize yourselves with America by saying we're not against. Border control. Andrew, that would work if he knew what he wanted, but he doesn't know what he wants. All he, all he knows of what he wants is Trump. But He's a narcissistic sociopath. He's only interested yeah, but in feeding his ego. Yes. So he doesn't have position. He can't bargain with him. No. But can, can I interject yeah. something here? Um, if somebody would actually inter, uh, introduce facts into this yes, with please. this immigrant, no, I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about yes. the Congress. Uh, you know, we are. Um, we are to the to the left of Canada mm -hmm. on this. You know, usually yeah. when an issue in Canada comes <laughs> right, up, right. people say, "Oh, you know, the healthcare system or pot or gay marriage." They're always to the left yeah. of us. Good liberal Canada. Canada allows 28 percent of people in through family. We allow two thirds. They have a point system in Canada. It's much stricter. It's yeah. not. It's not what Trump would call chain migration family. Mm -hmm. It's education. Do you speak English or French? Work experience, you have a job offer, age, adaptability. Immigrants uh, admitted based mainly on employment skills, America, 14%, Canada, 58%. Bill, there's nothing yeah. wrong with rules for immigration, but I'm a little more cynical about what. But this is what, what the Democrats are fighting well, well, against. On. But no, 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 no. Here, here's what the real fight is. What, that may be what they're fighting against, but the Republicans are actually fighting for is they feel. Immigrants, especially low-skilled workers, are actually Democratic voters, and that what the Democrats are doing are importing voters. It's true. They say that themselves. You're looking at me like Why I'm crazy. is it a crazy no, no. The I, words I, I, that they're I, yes, using? I, I know. Yes. Why is it a crazy idea <laughs> to say we want anybody from anywhere in the world, but no. who can really contribute something? We don't right. have I an obligation. You, I wish you would say that and we not don't say shithole countries. Well, <laughs> don't make me defend. I'm not defending Trump. No, no, no. But we don't. No. Like right. This it's diversity just, lottery. Right. Like this yes. diversity lottery that he goes on about. Right. Why does that exist? I mean, do we actually have to no, have there, there are, no, every have single country they, representationally? It's crazy. Why not just get rid of it? They're so, this is so easy to deal with, well, and we can Andrew, save the uh, dreamers, uh, but the base is forbidding this from happening. I'll put it in another way. The Republicans are seeming to betray their own 
ethos and ideology and the things they used to always stand for. They used to be that party of, hey, you can come from anywhere and you can have the American dream here. The Republicans held that up as a badge of honor in their sleeves and they're going against that. They're saying, no, you only can be of a certain station and come here. The, the upward mobility has to start here. It can't start here anymore. No, it just says if you want it's people... Betray it's okay. betraying their own... All right, uh... let's, let's get to some good news, though. He, Trump had his physical... Excuse me. <laughs> and he is the healthiest man ever to live. And, you know, which it is... Might be it's, true. He's such a city roach. <laughs> yeah. Remember the, the... Right. I mean, he, he doesn't matter what he eats. You That's just can't true. kill him. He's a, it's so true. But, but the person... That's so true. The person who uh, is not in such great shape is Chris Christie. You know, uh, he is... <laughs> from my home state in New Jersey, and he just retired as the governor, and, uh, you know, uh, here in the comedy business, <laughs> when a guy like Chris Christie retires, it is, it's a very dark day. Uh, we, we have been uh, dining out <laughs> on his fat jugs for a long time, and, uh, and we will mourn this, and that's why we put together this little tribute. Someone has to pull Chris Christie aside and tell him the lap band goes on the inside. <laughs> McCain thinks Megabytes is the Secret Service code name for Chris Christie. Andre 3,000 pounds. First time he's ever won a landslide. He's caused a few. But the first time... It's been a long time since we've seen his balls. If there's one thing he's good at, it is clogging major arteries. The only exercise Chris Christie gets is pumping the nacho cheese dispenser. Chris Christie is handing out candy wrappers. He is the reason we only get McRib once a year. There are skeletons in his closet of cows. <laughs> All right, she is the president and co-founder of the Restaurant Opportunities Center United and the director of the Food Labor Research Center at UC Berkeley. Please welcome Saru Jaraman. How you doing? Great to see you again. Okay, you were so great the first time. We had to have you back. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and uh, more relevant than ever, some of the things you were talking about. You've always been a great tribune for the restaurant workers of America. Let's first, before we get into the connection to the harassment uh, news that's um, in, around, uh, let's talk about tips because this is very relevant to a country that's always debating minimum wage. Uh, this is one of those areas where America, pretty unique, right? That, that we still do it by tips? We're so unique because actually tipping originated in feudal Europe. It was like aristocrats giving something to serfs and vassals. When it first oh. came to the States, uh, rich Americans brought it and actually it was around the time of slavery, around emancipation. And the restaurant industry at that time demanded the right to hire newly freed slaves, not pay them anything, and let them live on customer tips. And so the idea of a nothing wage, then zero, now two dollars, comes yeah. from slavery, comes from the idea that mostly black workers could earn nothing and live on tips. And now we, here we are 150 years later with a minimum wage of two dollars and 13 cents an hour and millions of women across America living on tips. Yes, and it's an industry where, like, one out of 12 people in the country... One out of 11 people right now. It's that's, almost 13 million workers. astounding. Yeah. Um, and, and tell us why it is connected to harassment. When, and if there was not a tipping system, that situation would get better. 
You know, right now, 70% of the millions of women, millions of people across America who live on tips, who worked on the tip minimum wage of two and three and four dollars an hour, 70% of them are women. And they live, you know, working at IHOP and Applebee's sure. and Olive Garden. And their median wage, including tips, is about nine bucks an hour. They suffer from three times the poverty rate of the rest of the U.S. workforce. But worst of all, they are having to put up with anything and everything from customers, now, no matter how they touch them or treat them or talk to them, because that's where their income is coming from. That's how they're getting paid. That's how they're feeding their families, not from a wage. The wage is so low, it's going to taxes. So they're having the to deal... The customers are harassing The customers are harassing them, but, but get this... The customers are harassing them because they live on tips. But because they're living on tips, the right. manager says, dress more sexy, show more cleavage, wear tighter right. clothing in order to make more money in tips. Would you believe when we were doing so this So then research, the idiots just think that's an invitation exactly. to harass. Exactly. Well, not just that. The co-workers, Here at the Hooters. management. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, speaking of Hooters, when we put yes. out this research, mm -hmm. would you believe the industry named a new segment, a recognized segment? It's called the Restaurant. The restaurant is a new segment in the restaurant industry, and it's not just Hooters and Tilted Kilt and Twin Peaks. It's Olive Garden and Applebee's and Denny's where women are told, show your breasts. But the thing is... It, <laughs> not fully. No, but okay. show more breasts. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's show, show, show cleavage. Yeah, show cleavage. I <laughs> At Denny's. <laughs> I can't tell you the number of workers we've had from Denny's who tell us, my boss tells me, Go home and dress more sexy and show more, cleav show more cleavage and come back oh. so you can make more money in tips. What a fucked up country this is. <laughs> <laughs> and really nobody else does it, just, just us. Just because I, I'm the toad oh, in the punch. Oh, 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 no, go ahead. Oh, I mean, one of the things that tips, I mean, I'm not addressing this situation, but more generally, it seems to me, the point of tips is it does incentivize good service, right? And it, it's a way in which a customer can reward good service. Right? Well, there's well, we don't do that with lots of other exactly. places where there's service. We yes. incentivize. Do you, yeah. do you tip do your doctor or your lawyer or your teacher? I mean, these are hardworking Your pilot. Many of them are immigrants, by the way. Really hardworking immigrants. But there are, you know, we don't tip anybody else. This is the only industry where the actual bosses say, we shouldn't have to pay our own workers. You, the customers, should pay our workers for us. Plus, you know, I've read recently about a lot of these high-level chefs who went down in the Me Too thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's interesting. It said, the theme that ran through it for me was that when they weren't harassing, they were screaming. Yeah. You know, and when people mm -hmm. ask me about the Me Too thing, the first thing that always comes to my mind is, I hate bullies of any kind. Yeah. And this is a type of it. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering, where, where, what, do you, what other industries do you think have not been talked about yet? Now we're talking about restaurants. Yeah, I mean, farm workers face this on the job. I've Domestic heard that. workers face this on the job. Pretty much in every industry, women who don't have power. And you know the thing You know thing what is... one I haven't heard? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get in trouble for saying it. Cops. Fucking cops, man. <laughs> I mean, every woman I've ever known has a story about, you know... Well, they lack power. Because they have power. Exactly. The ultimate power. Exactly. But when you change that dynamic, you know, there are seven states, for example, in our industry, that got rid of the lower wage for tipped workers. And they have half the rate of harassment as the 43 states that have this lower wage. And it's because in California, which is one of the seven states, a woman doesn't have to put up with anything and everything from her boss. She gets a full wage from her boss, right. you know, and so she doesn't have to put up with everything from the customer. And that's why, thanks to the Me Too moment, New York is about to follow. Governor Cuomo actually just announced, thanks to leadership by women in the legislature, like Andrew Stewart Cousins and Ellen Jaffe, 
that we're actually going to get, get rid of that lower wage for tipped workers in New York. But you're going to keep the tips? Absolutely. Well, well that's, all I'm, that's all I'm worried about. I think you, you, you should be able to reward your waiter. Tips done are a great still job. there. And it's we, a great incentive. We actually tip better in California than most other states. And, right. But the thing is, workers, women get a wage. Right. Women get right. an actual right. wage. You know, yep. It's a little like making someone jump for it. You know, it's a little, it's, 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 it can be, it's, it's an anachronism it's, at this point. Let this one go. Okay. I'll give you, the, I'll give you the wall, but there is. Unless you're in New York, everybody wants a tip in New York. They don't care what they do. Yeah. And well, they expect you to tip in New York, too. That would be fine. Yeah. As long as, again. Well, you're walking down the street. Oh, hey, hey, well, I'm sorry. No, I have. <laughs> One thing I have found, people love when you give them money for whatever <laughs> reason. True. I don't know what it That's is. But, uh, but th there is one person, speaking of Me Too, yeah. there is one person I'm thinking of this week, and I'd like to make a personal plea to join, uh, and that's Melania Trump. Because, you know, she had to live through the Hollywood <laughs> Access tape, right? And the reports of 19 accusers, is it, on Donald Trump now? No. Yeah, more. And now, <laughs> Stormy Daniels... Come on, Melania. This is your Me Too moment. <laughs> if, if she came out, right, and said, marry for money, but divorce for yourself. That's my <laughs> philosophy. I really think it would make it. We would, welcome that, her into I the know. movement. It wouldn't <laughs> We'd it, stand it would, with her. I think it would change a lot of things. I mean, the fact of the matter is, I mean, Trump, sorry, but Trump is just such a dick, man. <laughs> I mean, he is. I've, oh, no, here's where are the you thing. getting this, Larry? No, here's the thing. When he's finished, you know, being president, whatever that is, America's going to say me too. Okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, America. <laughs> I mean, speaking of bullies, yeah. Trump is a restaurant owner. Yes, you know? right. Yes. And he's trying to pocket his workers' Well, he doesn't pay, pay them money. Exactly. Like, he and now them, he, yeah. he's proposing a rule that would make tips well, the property of owners rather than workers. So he's trying to give himself another really? bonus. Yeah, and he's... he it's... Talk about harassment. When he walks into a restaurant, the women go running. <laughs> 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 yeah, but so, the... So, so why do all these... Why did all these... Why did white women 52 to 43 vote for him? That's a in great... In your opinion. Well, that's a great question. Yes. The... You know, I mean, a lot of our folks, restaurant workers, feel really, really disillusioned, disgusted, disengaged from the political system in general, from both parties. They right. feel like nobody's been standing up for them. A lot of them voted for Trump because they thought he didn't represent the establishment. And a lot of them are telling us they are disappointed. He does represent the establishment. He represents the 1%. They're not finding he's standing up for Despite them. Despite the fact that the last year has shown the strongest gains for working class wages in this country for 20 years, well, that, that's I, because of Obama. Yes, right? exactly. Yes. I mean, that's of course. Yes, yes. of course. Yes. Yes. yes, of course. But do you think that's what his voters are going to think? You guys keep talking about his voters like there's some monolithic. I mean, the block. people are now giving him a 40% rating, higher than he's had uh, in a very long time. He's gained every day since that tax cut went through. Uh, the economy is booming. People. Trust me, people are dumb enough to think well, he's... that in the eighth year of recovery, when it really does help people at the lower end, it always does at the very end, he will turn around and say, don't think about that. I did it. And, you know, circumstantially, 
That's when it began to happen. That's my concern in terms of re-electing Trump, that the economy is working very much in his favor to the very people, the working classes. Well, he, it may be working now, but I, I, I've seen this movie before. Yeah. What happens when the Republicans juice up the economy <laughs> just like they did with that tax cut? Remember what comes next? The crash. Yeah. Now, I thought it would happen especially before he... Especially there's a war. Especially... If well, a war, war right. usually helps the economy. Right. That's well, what he'll yeah. do to but, get but, out of the crash. But, but what's interesting here is that this is a rare time, too, and every other major part of the developing world is growing together. There's a lot of momentum behind this current growth right now, more than you would think. Yeah. I'm sure you may be right. I'm certainly getting out of the market pretty soon uh, in my own retirement savings, yeah. but... It may not happen. It ha we've expected it to happen. It's been eight years now. The yeah. 90s, yeah, but, the Goldilocks economy but, may be back. It's not, for, it's not happening for everyone. We have the highest right. rates of income inequality since the Gilded Age. People are struggling across the country. I just was in Michigan and Minnesota this week. People are struggling. That wage of 2 and $3 is not going up. So... Some economy some maybe working for that. some, but they're yeah. doing not better. For a they're lot. doing better. Well, yeah. they are not but, doing but better. That, they are doing point, better. You're wrong. Their you know wages what? are not going up. They are. Look at the data. Look, Look at the data. You know what? Jane has more branches yeah. than any other store. The dollar store. They have like twenty-seven thousand yeah. dollar stores in Dollar Generals, more than anything but, else. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, Bill. The the appearance, whether. Some people are, are not making it, as you say, you know. But I have to agree with Andrew in the sense that the appearance is, for the most part, that there is a robust economy right now. And history, well, there is. Hold on, but history has shown that we do not throw out a president during a strong economy. If the economy no. turns, yeah, there's a chance. But I'm one of those people that think Trump gets reelected with a strong economy and his personality is tertiary at best. What? It, it's all I'm about... I'm sorry, I know. I, I don't like... I'm throwing no, no, no. up in my mouth, as it's, I say, it's... you know? <laughs> I don't like to believe it. No, no, no. But his, I have to agree with personality. Andrew. This yeah. is all about personality. It is a cult of personality. That's what we found out in Michael's book when Steve Bannon thought he could go up against Donald Trump. Yeah. He thought he could actually steal the Trump voter because he had the ideology. Mm -hmm. And the Trump voter is like, you're not a star. <laughs> we like this no. badass guy. with. He's got the plane and the hot wife. He's the president. He's the star. He's Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon was like, come on, guys. We're getting out of here. Yeah, but... Guys, <laughs> come on. Guys, we're... <laughs> but they... But his voters, Bill, <laughs> like the stuff that he's doing. They don't care. When Sarah Huckabee, Colonel Sanders, they... comes out and lies to everybody, when she comes she... out... <laughs> what you know, sorry, I don't know what I said. <laughs> but, but Trump says... Trump says the earth... How very dare yes, you. <laughs> Trump says the earth is flat. And she comes out and says, now, nah, come on, that's that liberal right, media. Right. You're twisting his words. He's he a... says the earth is flat right here. And, you heard what he's he said. Reality... Yeah. He's a reality TV yeah. star, yes. He shouldn't be but... there, yes. But he has tapped into certain issues yes. like trade, immigration, and low wages, that's what I'm saying, that won in this election, yeah. the last election, and they're fused, but Bill. They're fused. It's, People can't see the issues apart from him. But it doesn't matter what the issue is. He has proved that because if, you, if I told you two years ago that the conservatives in this country would think Russia was their friend oh, yeah. and the FBI was their that. enemy, wow. these people, I'm sorry, Republicans, I know I'm hard on you sometimes, but they're sheep. And it's so easy to drive. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so frighteningly easy to drive them to a different meadow. But Bill, if you, I mean, yeah. the FBI, law enforcement, that was always their thing. You could never say a bad word about the FBI or the CIA, and now they're a hotbed of liberals? 
and now they're corrupt and we don't like them, but we're footsie with Russia? That's crazy. So that makes crazy. me think he could say anything. Yeah, sunken place. Not, not Pretty much everybody, though. I mean, not. I mean, yes. There are. There is that base. We we have to admit that we'll follow it's him no matter what he now. does. Forty percent. Now. Let's let's talk. I mean, this is this Approval is a lot. Approval is not the same thing and, as his hardcore base. And he it has doubled the African American well. vote up to two now. <laughs> but he has. Yes. But I'll tell you, not, he has nothing to do with it. But in this this last year, Trump's first year has been better for African Americans in terms of the economy than. Many previous years. I'm just telling you the truth, okay? You may not want to hear it, mm -hmm. but this is the reality. They're well, doing better because people at the bottom are now doing a lot better. If they, they keep doing, doing that, but they're not doing. What measure? Th yes, their wages are not by going up. Of their wages. No, their well, wages are not going up. We have the 4 highest... 4 percent increase among those people in the last 12 months. Okay, not among because, the, because the lowest third who are living in poverty. I'm I, sorry, it's not going up. Their wages have stagnated. Okay. I want to, we're going to run out of time. I want to ask one last thing. It was right. Martin Luther King Day on Monday. And I, whenever this holiday happens, all the Republicans, they talk in such glowing terms about Dr. King and everything. I got to march with him. And, like, what would they be saying about him on Fox News if he was alive? Well, we, we know what a radical. how they would have treated him. Radical would be the kind word. Well, we know, we saw how they treated him when he was alive, which is why he's not alive right now. <laughs> you know. But what would the um, Democrats say about him? Surely they would look at him and see this Christian fundamentalist. This person is driven by religion more than anything else. And he would have no role in the current Democratic coalition. Well, the Democrats were Dixiecrats well, back that, then, and they were more racist exactly. than anybody. I know, so they, I know. They didn't exactly. like him I'm not at all. talking about now. <laughs> Martin Luther King would appear I, now, right now, I mean, I know it's a crazy well, idea, Chris, but Democrats would be like, who is this faith, faith okay, guys, holy what talking, what are you getting this? Yeah, yeah, Democrats exactly. aren't atheists, I'm the atheist. <laughs> I, I hate this, this lumping in sure. on an issue that I've done all the heavy lifting on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Democrats are perfectly fine to say they're Christian. They're, um, almost all of them are. Bill, how about how he respects him now? Let's talk about the president. Most presidents, you know, as a not even as a true edict, but what they do is respectfully do a day of service on MLK Day. He chooses right. to play the whitest sport possible. Right. <laughs> yes. Golf right. on MLK he's, Day. That's he's... his way of showing how he feels about I mean, Martin Luther King. He wants to today. bring back the Confederate yeah. statues, so right. that's enough said. All right. Thank you, everybody. Time <laughs> for new rules. Okay. New rule, have a plan if a ballistic missile is heading your way. <laughs> Everyone in Hawaii who got the message said the same thing. They ran home, shut the blinds, and closed the drapes. Uh, were you hoping the missile would think you weren't home? <laughs> it's a warhead, not a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> New rule, someone has to tell Pope Francis that it's okay if he feels a little awkward. I never knew how to slow dance the stairway to heaven either. <laughs> New rule, since Tinder recognizes 37 genders and Facebook says there are 51, Speedstick has to stop living a lot. <laughs> now, there are certainly more Speedstick variations than just deodorant, antiperspirant, or deodorant slash antiperspirant. Stand in your truth, Tricurious Speedstick. No one's going to judge you. <laughs> Except you, Axe Body Spray. You're a douchebag.
New rule, hey, characters on Hollywood Boulevard, you can't all be fat Spider-Man. <laughs> New rule, let's all agree that when the Catholic diocese in Australia commissioned this statue of St. Dominic, offering a loaf of bread to a young boy... <laughs> They didn't think it all the way through. <laughs> On the upside, Subway restaurants have finally found their new spokesman. <laughs> Father Footlong. I. <laughs> and finally, new rule in 2018, it's more important than ever that we all keep laughing. <laughs> the nothing is funny people are trying to take over the world and we can't let them. Which is why I recently posted this picture of me pulling an Al Franken <laughs> on a sleeping Bob Saget. <laughs> it's a joke. A joke about another joke. So I'm just saying here at the beginning of the year, if something like this is too rough for you, don't watch. Now, I'm also going to admit something right here up front that may influence what I'm about to say tonight. I have a penis. <laughs> and while I admit that having one does predispose a human to being aggressive and oversexed, I don't concede that it makes me automatically wrong about everything. And I say that as a true supporter of the Me Too movement. I even wore black during the Golden Globes. I was home watching TV, but still... <laughs> I wore black. But I was also mourning the ability to think rationally. I'm down with me, too. I'm not down with me Carthyism. Something is way off when Senator Kirsten Gillibrand can go unchallenged, saying, when we start having to talk about the differences between sexual harassment and sexual assault and unwanted groping, you are having the wrong conversation. Can't we just be having an additional conversation? Can we... Can we only have one thought now? I, I, I get it that Al Franken had to become roadkill on the zero-tolerance highway. A highway, it seems, only Democrats have to drive on. <laughs> but... But do liberals really want to become the distinction deniers? the people who can't tell or don't want to see a difference between assault in a van and a back rub by the water cooler? Masturbation is normal and healthy, but not in the park. <laughs> Giving up on the idea that even bad things have degrees? That is as dumb as embracing the idea of alternative facts. <laughs> I get it when Trump's side doesn't want to talk. He only knows 88 words. 
But we are supposed to be the conversation people. Justice requires weighing things. That's why Lady Justice is holding a scale and not a sawed-off shotgun. (laughs) Senator Gillibrand went on to say, you need to draw a line in the sand and say none of it is okay. Yes, agreed. But we can't walk and chew gum anymore? We can't agree that groping and rape are both unacceptable? And one is worse? Apparently... Well... Apparently not, because when Matt Damon said, there's a difference between patting someone on the butt and rape or child molestation, right? Liberal Twitter responded, no, there isn't Jason Bourne yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) You think he ate a lot of shit in The Martian. Many driver responded by saying, you don't get to tell women that because some guy only showed them their penis, their pain isn't as great as a woman who was raped. What? This is madness. No woman in the world, if she actually had to pick, would choose rape over merely seeing a penis. So why do we all have to pretend Minnie Driver's statement is noble and Matt Damon is crazy? We are losing the thread back to thinking itself. You know, the Declaration of Independence starts with the words, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Self-evident. As in some things are such obvious, indisputable no-brainers, that we start from that point. Assuming we're all generally on the page that shit is measurably chemically different than Shinola. But it seems that now building blocks, basic building blocks of thought, like there are facts and things have degrees, are being tossed aside. Mike Pence and ISIS are both homophobic, but Mike doesn't throw gay men off the roof, so he's better. (laughs) This isn't that hard, people. This isn't that hard. I know we can do it because... We do it with other stuff. Every millennial I know thinks it's ridiculous that the government lists marijuana as a Schedule One drug, along with LSD and heroin. Because it is ridiculous. Because things have degrees. There are four degrees of murder, three degrees of burns, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. (laughs) All right. That's our show. You were great. I'll be at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville March 3rd and at the Mirage back in Vegas March 9th and 10th. I want to thank Andrew Sullivan, Larry Miller, Saru Jayaraman, and Michael Wolf. Thank you for joining us now on Overtime. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10 or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.